Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. And uh, I wasn't quick enough there. My name is Matt Stobb. You gave me a fraction of a second to <laughs> say something and I hesitated. Well, I give you a one out of five then in your performance review. Oh, well, very pertinent to what we're talking about today. Yep, that's what I do. That could end up being all right based on this, uh, what is a stacked ranking system of, I believe it's kind of like a bell curve on how all of this works, but was it the QPR quarterly progress report? Yeah, it's just makes my eyes roll of some kind of corporate program that it needs an acronym to it. Well, yeah. So this isn't the first time this has been implemented. And I think other, some other big companies have run into similar issues before, but one thing that Marissa Mayer did when she came into Yahoo was install these quarterly performance reviews. what I say? Quarterly progress report. So I was one third of the way. You got the quarterly, right? Well, I got the uh, QPR. I just hadn't opened up the article yet to read, remember what it was, but <laughs> So they have this rating system to rank the employees, and there's a couple issues that are that are going on here. One, well, the guy, the person that ultimately brought the lawsuit is claiming a couple things, but one of which is that this stacked ranking system is just unfair in general. And two, I think, and this probably would be the bigger one, is that the scores were, or this rating system was manipulated and there's a few issues with that, but it was manipulated to then, I guess, give some sort of legitimate grounds for terminating people. And the number of people that were terminated is also another problem involved in all this, but it all kind of comes back to this rating system. And, you know, I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk about that and the actual rating system itself on how fair it is. Well, yeah, let's talk. The rating system is like, (laughs) it's so silly. Yeah. And, and it, honestly, it really represents Yahoo as a company because I don't think it's ironic, or I don't think it's a coincidence, I should say, that around the time that the stack ranking, by like which, which Matt said, it's a, literally a, a one to five rating bell curve. That means that only so many people can get fives, only so many people can get fours and et cetera and one, and most everyone's gonna get threes. And so this system was pretty much abolished by Microsoft and GE as they were ditching it, Yahoo was starting it. So which kind of tells you, it's like, it's very reminiscent to Yahoo as a company. I mean, they're, they always seem to be kind of late in the game. And frankly, if you're if you're kind of late to the game compared to Microsoft and GE, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's telling you something. Yeah, and it just, it reminds me of, and I know there's some schools that this is the way they do all their classes, but I, I, took, a, yeah. I took a class in college, some accounting course, I can't remember which one, but it was the same sort of concept. It's it's like, well, you're going to take the exams and the top 10% are going to get an A, the next, or maybe it's the top 20% are going to get an A, the next 30 are going to get a B, the next 30 are going to get a C, 10% D, and 10% fail. So 10% automatically failed every single exam. And to be fair, you know, I, I thought that was ridiculous until the exams were all end up being tough. So definitely more than 10% people failed every exam. So it kind of worked itself out in that aspect. But yeah. in terms of people's jobs, I mean, I don't know what percent applies here, but you're basically, you know, let's say everyone that you that worked for Yahoo was a good employee, a good to great employee, which probably wasn't the case. Definitely wasn't the case, but let's say it was. You have to throw people into this bottom. I mean, there's a top, there's a middle, and there's a bottom. There's people have to be on the bottom 
based on this ranking system, not just we're going to rank every person individually. And, you know, it doesn't matter if everyone turns out good to, to great. This is just, I mean, I don't really get that aspect of it unless it's, you know, kind of what they allege here. It's, it's a way to terminate people with a little bit more justification behind it. One of the problems too, is that if you have, let's say you have two great employees, they're not going to want to cooperate or be with each other because again, like even if they're rating five employees because they're in the same department or whatever, they are not likely to get fives because there can only be so many fives given out. So little weird game scenarios end up playing out and it just ends up being silly. Yeah. I think it's at least part of the reason that they're also alleging here the in this lawsuit, it's there was a manipulation of the rating system in order to justify some of these layoffs. But let me give some specifics on the layoffs here. So under California law. Yeah. And I was trying to find the exact numbers on how many they laid off, but California law which is where Yahoo's located. If a layoff of more than 50 employees within 30 days at a single location, the employer has to give 60 days advance notice. Federal law, something similar under the Warren Act requires advance notice a layoff of 500 or more employees. So I can't find the exact number here, but it looks like they violated that as well. So if you're, I mean, it's one thing to implement this system where you know you're going to probably terminate a bunch of people, but if you're going to do that, at least give them the proper notice and you know, the advance notice in doing so. Obviously, a big layoff like that's going to come with the detriment of the stock's probably going to take a hit and, and things like there's People are going to start questioning a lot of things. But if it's ultimately going to happen anyways, I mean, at least follow the rules and, and give that advance notice. It actually matters whether they're being terminated because of a layoff or because of performance. And I think this is what this lawsuit argues is that, okay, they wanted to do a layoff, but instead of doing a layoff, they just use this performance system that Jay basically says, okay, just cut out the ones and twos and therefore we'll be okay because we're terminating because it's a, you know, because there's a termination based upon performance. When mm-hmm. in California, the, the definition of layoff means something to the effect of a separation from a position for a lack of funds or a lack of work. And as we know, Yahoo for sure has been going through financial difficulty. And so whether that definition applies and how they're kind of gaming the system with using the performance metrics, then that's where this case is going to resolve. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's an attempt to do something, but it's, you know, ultimately I don't think that's going to work out. There was also, this, this is interesting, more criticism for the actual system, but this one person in the suit, Mr. Anderson said he was fired for several reasons unrelated to performance. And he said he had complained to management about the impact of the QPR process on the people he supervised and even reported an attempted bribe by one of the employees who wanted him to reduce another employee's rating. And so (laughs) I can imagine that that's kind of an interesting circumstance. But this is like the, the silliness that this system created. And of course, it's easily abused. And in the complaint, they talked about supervisors changing it, changing the ratings arbitrarily. And of course, just because you have this so-called objective method of measuring people's performance doesn't mean that you can be objectively discriminatory towards certain protected classes, whether it's gender discrimination or racial discrimination or what have you. 
it's one thing to manipulate reviews in order to try to put out good grounds to, to terminate someone. But when the system itself has flaws, it's like, well, you're, <laughs> you're manipulating. So it's like a double whammy basically. Well, we have this flawed system, ranking system, but also higher level management is manipulating the, the rating system in order to do other things. Like everything they did here seems to be wrong. And I, I get what, I get what they're trying to do now with the quote unquote non layoffs, but you know, it's a, it just keeps piling on top of it too. It's just mistake after mistake. Well, I don't know if mistake's the right word, but it's part mistake, part bad decision making, I guess. Yeah, and it doesn't help. Like uh, I think it was just February second, Yahoo announces that they're laying off fifteen percent of its workforce. So it's like everyone pretty much knows what's going on here. This, this is kind of an open secret, I would say. And so, let's talk about performance reviews for a second because I think this is probably a bad example but performance reviews are very helpful, but it can have its drawbacks too. And I'll I'll give an example of both. So the positive end is that, okay, you have a employee that has, they're consistently underperforming and you document that every quarter. It's like, okay, uh, so-and-so you're coming in late to work and you need to come in on time or your your writing needs to be better, whatever. And you, you have that feedback and you document it in, in your quarter reports or yearly annual reviews and so forth. And then one of these days the person gets injured or they complain to you about some kind of wage policy. And then at the same time, that person continues to stop coming on time and their performance goes even below what it was before and you need to terminate them, the concern is that, okay, wait a minute, if I terminate this guy, this guy might just turn around and say, hey, you terminated me because I complained about a wage violation or or some other kind of illegal reason to terminate. Mm-hmm. But that personnel file is your backup. Right. Unfortunately, the opposite is also true. You really have to be honest in your performance reviews because some people don't like to criticize and so forth. So it's always good to have some kind of positive and some kind of negative in your performance review for legal purposes. Because if you say, okay, this person's been a perfect employee after five, 10 years employment, all been positive, and then and then they're not good and you terminate them and they turn around because you fired them because they were a woman or a certain race, then you can't say, well, it's because you're a bad employee because this last 10 years you've said that they were perfect, right? So it, it works both ways. That's why performance reviews are good, but it just has to be done well and properly and honestly. Yeah, exactly what you just said. They're good for those reasons, but there's no advantage in just giving someone a you know five-star review across the board unless they're a really phenomenal employee because What's that going to do? Like you said, one, if they are in fact not that great, you're putting in writing that they were, and that's going to come back to haunt you if there's ever an issue. And two, from the employee's perspective, I'm just thinking, well, you know, if I'm great, then maybe I can slack off a little bit, or maybe I can uh, ask for a raise. And they ask for the raise, yeah. and you say, well, we're not going to give a raise. Like, why? I've gotten five star review the last however many years. What's what gives here? And so there's really no benefit to, well, I shouldn't say there's no benefit. There's just not a lot of benefit in just giving someone a great review just to to be nice about it. I mean, if anything, you want to give constructive feedback. So if there is something they can work on, you know, you tell them what it is and, and they can work on it and the business is going to be better as a result. I know what we're saying sounds kind of obvious. And maybe for you guys that are listening, it, it sounds obvious. But I'll, I'm telling you, employers have a trouble with this. It's, it's so common that 
they kind of ignore a problem or they don't find it significant enough to raise it up or especially document. And so it's like, oh yeah, he's always late, but I've never said anything for him. But and then the time that it's he's late a lot, you fire him and then it comes back to haunt you later because that person thinks that they were fired for some other illegal reason. Right. I've said this many times before, but when you are terminating somebody, understanding that what their perception of why they're being terminated is super important in risk management in the sense that if they feel that they are unjustly being terminated, then they're going to find a reason that you fired them for some unjust reason or some illegal reason. If they understand your perspective of why you're terminating them, whether it's money or whether it's because of their performance or what have you, then you're going to be a lot better off. And there's some schools of thought from a legal perspective that when you terminate them, you, you kind of just say, hey, we're letting you go, and that's it. Don't give a reason and so forth, because once you give them a reason, you, you, you're you kind of yeah. stuck to that reason. And and if you say something else later, then there's inconsistency, and people can use that against you. But I'm, I'm of the opinion that it depends on the situation, but you really have to kind of dive a little bit deeper into the psychology of, of the person to make sure that the separation is as smooth as possible. Yeah, terminations are not always – it's not just a legal analysis. I mean, you got to – that's what I tell people as well. It's like, you know, you got to, you know, the individual, you know how they're probably going to react to it or respond. So just keep that in mind when, you know, how you go about it, if you can. It, it made me just think of, you know, that, you've seen that movie Up in the Air? Yeah. I was, I don't know. I was chatting with somebody and I was like, you know, what? I think I, I think I could do that job. I could go, <laughs> you know, fire people for a living. But then I was like, you know what? No, I, I don't think I could because I would need the reason. I would need the reason to, you know, to know why that person's being fired in order to do it effectively. Yeah. And of course, if you remember the movie, George Clooney, he didn't care what the reason was. It doesn't matter. And that's what he said to the employees, like, why am I being terminated? And he would divert the conversation saying it doesn't matter. But, you know, it, it, it sounded glamorous, right? It sounded like the right thing to do. But but still, even in that is problematic because all the employee needs to do is is recall, you know, why me and not the person in the office next door and the cubicle next door. I wonder, that supervisor made that one joke at that birthday party that kind of had a racial undertone, and I wonder if it's because that's the reason why. And of course, one year later in court, they're gonna ask you, did you make a joke about this and that and show that the person maybe have a racial bent to them and then use that to prove that only reason that person's been terminated is because of that. And it's because they have no idea why they were terminated and they're searching for a reason. Yeah, there you have it. It's so you went on record as saying just the job of firing people is glamorous is what I pulled from that. <laughs> you can go back. This gets transcripted out so you can go read that. That's just like a performance report. You, you know, once you say it, you can't take it back. Uh, it, it did make it look glamorous, but uh, I think it was just the travel. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. I mean, he was never there's the scene where he goes back to wherever he actually lives and there's just oh yeah there's nothing right yeah it's just completely empty apartment or whatever it is so yeah but he he hit the uh what was he the seventh person to get one million miles or whatever it was oh yeah something silly like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pilot came out and yeah shook his hand or whatever it's pretty funny that's funny well i think that's our that's our episode but i'm kind of sad to see it go yeah well our, our takeaway i guess for this is Actually, there's a lot of good advice for employers. Document in these performance reviews. Well, don't use the the weird QPR ones that the stacked ones that Yahoo does. But in your own performance reviews, document, be truthful, 
be honest. But it's fun, like you said, it's funny. It seems like it's common sense, but it's easier said than done, I think. Well, all right. Thanks for joining us. Keep it sound, keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.